You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the Rand Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from Rand's latest research and commentary. It's June 11th. A RAND report out this week seeks to understand China's approach to competition with the U.S. by exploring Beijing's potential international and defense strategies. The authors propose that China will aim to establish regional and global primacy by relying on economic prowess and diplomatic maneuvers. The goal? Gain an advantageous position from which China cannot be dislodged by the U.S., As outlined in the report, China would define success in this competition based on the following parameters. First, war with the U.S. would be avoided, although this does not exclude the possibility of militarized crises or limited conflicts, such as proxy wars. Second, the U.S. would respect China's authority as the global leader of the international order and would largely refrain from harming Chinese interests. Third, China will have established primacy across much of Eurasia, the Middle East, and Africa, and U.S. primacy will be reduced to the Americas. Fourth, and finally, the U.S. and China would manage their differences according to norms upheld by China, and the two nations would cooperate on shared concerns on terms defined by China. What are the consequences of Chinese success? Well, they could be severe. The U.S. could face dwindling economic prospects, international marginalization, and a diminishing ability to shape global affairs. The full report should be of interest to those in Washington who are looking to navigate the ongoing competition with China. You can find it at RAND.org. President Joe Biden recently charged the U.S. intelligence community with redoubling its efforts to determine whether the coronavirus, quote, emerged from human contact with an infected animal or from a laboratory accident. But there are more than just two scenarios to consider, says Rand's Daniel Gerstein. For example, there could have been virus spillover if researchers from a laboratory were trying to isolate bat coronaviruses in nearby caves and were not wearing the proper personal protective equipment, did not properly decontaminate after leaving the cave, or inadequately secured and sealed their samples. In this scenario, the coronaviruses that researchers collected may not have even included COVID-19. Instead, they could have been viruses that mutated and became COVID-19 variants. Notably, Gerstein also says that we need to be realistic about the possibility that the origins of COVID-19 may never be established with any degree of certainty. And regardless of how the novel coronavirus originated, there are some important lessons that can be learned to help minimize the risk of another pandemic. First and foremost is ensuring that scientists and laboratory technicians are using proper biosafety and biosecurity procedures at all times when working with biological pathogens. Last month, Rand surveyed more than 2,000 parents about their willingness to send their children to school in person in the fall. 84% said that they plan to send their kids back to the classroom, while 12% were unsure. Even after accounting for urban, suburban, or rural locations, Black and Hispanic parents were most hesitant about sending their children back, primarily because of concerns about COVID-19 safety. 
The survey also asked parents about their desires for school safety measures and vaccinations for their children. First, let's talk about COVID-19 safety measures, which include things like classroom ventilation, mandatory masking, regular COVID-19 testing of staff and students, and social distancing. Two-thirds of parents overall said that they wanted to keep these measures, but there were differences among different groups. Rural parents and white parents, for example, were each more likely to prefer that schools reduce or discontinue their COVID-19 safety precautions. Black, Hispanic, Asian, and urban parents, on the other hand, were each much more likely to prefer to keep them. Regarding vaccines, 52% of parents we surveyed plan to vaccinate their children, and another 17% were unsure. Rural parents and those who were not vaccinated themselves were the least likely to intend to vaccinate their children. For the vast majority of Americans, income growth over the last few decades has lagged behind overall economic growth. In fact, a 2020 RAND study found that from 1975 to 2018, the only group of workers for which income gains exceeded the economic growth rate were those near the 99th percentile of earners. If the incomes of the bottom 90% of U.S. adults had kept pace with economic growth, then workers in this group would have collectively earned $2.5 trillion more in 2018. That's 67% higher than their actual 2018 earnings. And over the entire 43-year period from 1975 through 2018, the cumulative income of these workers would have been $47 trillion higher. Here's yet another way to break down the data. For workers at the 25th percentile of income, their actual income in 1975 was $28,000 per year. Had income growth for this group matched the economic growth rate, their income would have risen to $61,000 by 2018. But it actually rose only to $33,000. The findings from this study, which used new analytical methods to understand income inequality, could be used to help inform policymakers' decisions about labor, tax, and wage reforms. Next week's summit between Presidents Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin will be a chance to rebuild a fraught U.S.-Russia relationship. That's according to RAND experts. But changing the course of U.S.-Russia relations will be difficult, given the litany of contentious issues at hand. The two leaders will likely have tense conversations about election interference, vaccine disinformation, and cybersecurity, not to mention arms control and strategic stability, Russia's military posturing, and the closures of diplomatic facilities. Given the experience that both Biden and Putin bring to the table, there is hope that this summit might be more productive than others have been. And our experts agreed that Biden's goal of achieving a stable and predictable relationship with Russia isn't a lofty one. But Biden's emphasis on human rights does suggest that he may have more ambitious objectives. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. See you next week.